Welcome to What The Gap Podcast. Hosted by a modern day couple just, just trying to fill the gaps. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Are you listening? Hello and welcome back to What The Gap Podcast. You're here with your host, Kenzie. And AJ. We actually began this series believing that it would be just one podcast episode so where the hell am i going a story about our career journeys anyway turns out that story is a very long one so (laughs) we realized when we were recording that it would be best to split it into two parts into my journey as kenzie and aj's journey as well so you're just about to listen to aj's journey hopefully you've listened to part one it will give a bit more context to the things we discuss in this episode. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy. Let's get straight into it. All right, let's go. So you mentioned you wanted to be a doctor. For me, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh my God, I remember (laughs) you telling me this. (laughs) Or my alternative was a Formula One driver. That is so polar opposite. And also, a marine biologist. Why? Why? Because Free Willy was my absolute favorite movie. (laughs) And after seeing that, I was hooked. I just wanted to be like a whale trainer. Like, I was just like, I have to be doing (laughs) what he's doing. I want to be riding Willy, you know? Please don't say that. that. (laughs) Please never say that again. (laughs) I just realized what I said. Uh, yeah, it's much nicer when you say free Willie. Like, I don't want to be riding Willie. <laughs> I still don't think it's nice. I think they should have chosen another name, full stop. Yeah. Not a great name for a whale <laughs> that you ride. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyway, so that's sort of how I began and what I sort of thought I would be into. So going forward, I was very into like cars and racing go-karting i did a lot of go-karting when i was little Mm. um and then i was very much into animals you know i love going to the zoo exploring learning about animals um david attenborough i was obsessed like my grandma used to record all of the shows and like me and all my cousins would sit down and we would just watch the original attenborough documentaries Mm. on like killer whales and that you know everything i was just obsessed i was always drawing them oh i guess that maybe sort of leads on to where my creative side came. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. I was always into drawing. So I guess that led me to take up art and design at college. And yeah. I was always good at it. And so I just decided that would be, you know, the subjects that I would choose. Mm. So going forward, I got the classic first job at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Not related to art or design at all. Uh, no. I mean, as soon as I was allowed to work legally, I was all in. And um, one of my cousins just got a job there. So I was like, oh, I want to work there too. It'd be cool. Like We can all work and hang out. And then eventually my brother worked there as well and another one of my cousins. So we had like a whole gang there, oh which is God. It was great. <laughs> great. So that wasn't really, you know, fueling my passions. That was kind of just giving me pocket money. Yeah, but few of your first jobs are. I mean, I can't name many friends whose first jobs aligned with what they're doing now. Exactly. Exactly. I think that, again, my circumstance was quite rare. That it has kind of aligned looking back with that Girl Friday role. Mm. But 
other than that yeah i did hospo as well (laughs) (laughs) hell no to doing that in the long run exactly (laughs) yeah carry on yeah so started at mcdonald's i eventually transitioned into mccafe (laughs) yeah look at you go (laughs) and that was sort of my introduction into coffee i guess and that ended up being a very big part of my life which i'll go into in a minute well if you didn't do that we wouldn't have met Exactly. So thanks, Maccas. Those golden arches <laughs> brought us together. AJ was a barista at the cafe we met at. Yes. So continuing from McDonald's, that was all through college. And actually, um, my, couple, my first couple years at uni, I was still at McDonald's because by that time I had worked there for so long, they gave me really good hours that worked to my uni schedule. Yeah. Uh, I also then took on a promotional sales role, which I've sort of briefly discussed to you about. I've done some random jobs in my time. Yeah. And um, well, we're going to hear about them. And so that was primarily like supermarket sampling. You know, you see those guys and they set up the, the booths and they're sampling wine or cheese or crackers or whatever the new trend was. So that was just you. distributing it out. And that was me for a couple hours each night on the busier nights of the week. So that was kind of my introduction to sales and targets and you know networking with people and creating connections and things um, other than the hospo stuff what made you take that on when i saw the ad for it it was quite good money and i was like oh anything's better than minimum wage so i gotta try and i have a car i could drive so again nothing to do with passions no nothing to do with passions at all okay i was still figuring it out and i was still doing my art and design at college and just you know living I guess no I'm just interested to know if that becomes a recurring pattern in your career journey obviously I know a bit about your career journey but I've never heard it broken down quite like this so I wonder if more immediate satisfaction has trumped long-term satisfaction in terms of your career choices oh I would say the first four or five jobs I did was 100 percent. yeah which I I guess is common as well yeah I was just chasing You need the, the money. money. You don't just... have the foundation to actually have choice. <laughs> yeah. And I loved money. So the more I could do and as many places as I could get it from, I would say yes. Okay. I hope you're not that money hungry now. <laughs> oh, you know I'm not. But when you're little and you got money and you, yeah, I guess. you know, that's all you want. You're the cool guy. <laughs> you got to be the cool guy. Okay. Carry on. So <laughs> we've done McCafe. We've done... <laughs> Some supermarket promotions. Now what do we do? So, of course, I was at uni while I was doing all of this. And after college, I decided to continue that design and graphic passion because that was what I was good at. Mm. I considered the marine biology thing, but like (laughs) you, science, I really enjoyed, but I just couldn't get it. Like when it came to the tests, I couldn't pass. Or I'd just get like, you know, just an achieved or something. Mm. Even though they were my favorite classes to go to, I just something just didn't tick for me. Question: Do you think if you actually really applied yourself, you could have done well? Do you think it was a, a problem of application? Yes. Yeah, I do think so. <laughs> I'm just saying because for me, I'm someone who won't give up unless I can admit that I really don't enjoy it. So for me, giving up science like I kept science up till year 12 I did not drop out because it took me that long to like give up I don't want to just give up because it's not coming naturally to me Mm. you know so I would just keep doing it hating it but doing it 
yeah, just because I wanted to be like, at least I gave it a go kind of thing. But then when I came to the stage where I was like, you know what, I don't enjoy this and I'm not good at it. It's like, well, well, what's the point? Yeah. What's in it for you kind of thing? Because if you enjoy it, then it's worth putting in the hard work to get the end goal. Yeah. And that's the same way I felt about law was if I enjoyed it and the end goal was worth it, then I would put in those hours and I wouldn't give up just because it didn't come naturally. But then I had to self-analyze and I realized I don't even want the end goal. Mm. I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer already. So what was the point? And I wasn't enjoying it. So why would you put in that hard slog Mm. when you already are aware that it's not something you want? Yeah. Whereas I guess, yeah, it's already different for you there. It could have been something you wanted. Yeah, I think it could have been. But I think at that point, the art and design thing had become much more apparent that I was better at that. And Okay, so once again, like your skills and your passion are aligned with art and design. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's what I decided to pursue at uni. Yeah. I originally wanted to do architecture, but because of the science, like the physics and stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, well, industrial design would be maybe better suited to me because you have that creative side, but there's not as much maths and engineering behind it. Okay, where you might get, like, lost or something. Yeah, where I have initially struggled because maybe I'm not applied enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that, though, because if there is a subject where your skills and your passions align with ease, it kind of gives you the green light. You're like... I've ticked both boxes. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in it and it comes naturally to me. And I do think it's important to be in something where you can fall into that natural state of flow Mm. because then you're providing value. If you have to push really hard, like it's probably not your space to provide value on this earth. You know, I don't know. But then again, you know, not everything's going to come easy in life. So that's why I was like, you know, maybe if you had pushed harder, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, no, that would be, that's interesting to think about. Mm. But you have to want it. You have to want it. That's it. Yeah. You know, and maybe maybe you didn't want it as much as you thought you I did. I definitely didn't. Like, even before uni, it took me so long to decide I even wanted to, but I kind of just went because all my friends were going. And that was kind of the only thing that kind of ticked most of the boxes that I was kind of interested in. That's kind of the reason I went to uni. That makes me so annoyed. I know. I know. That's that's kind of how it happened. Like, I was good at it, and I was really good at managing my work, like, during college. Mm. So I was like, why don't I try doing design? And because when I started at Massey, Massey, you got to the first year, try all the different types of design that you would major in. So I was like, oh, well, that gives me another year to experiment and see what I like. Mm. And then that's when I chose industrial, which went with more of my passions of being hands-on and experimenting but then also being able to touch on graphic design and digital design and all these other things yeah why do you think it was that you didn't have that autonomy why do you think you just felt obliged to follow friends at that point was it because you didn't feel you had direction already I definitely didn't have direction so lack of direction is kind of something that stemmed from the get-go yeah I think so okay and I feel like the lack of direction maybe came from a lot of other things like situation and family and things like that yeah yeah also I wonder if it has anything to do with schooling as well 
Yeah, I also went to a public school, not a private school. Yeah. So I'm not saying anything against public schools. I went to a public school for my primary, mm. but I do know that that is something you get out of private schools, which is attention to your individual journey. Mm. And I feel like maybe in a public setting, you're more just one of the bunch. Oh, I know. So you just kind of follow or see where everyone else is going. And there's less of a like, AJ, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, it's like, just let them pass or whatever. You know, yeah. I don't know. No, that's 100%. It. Yeah. Like it was all about that at public school. It was mm. just like, I got my crew. We just do what we do. It was mm. all about being social at college. Like yeah. the actual education and learning stuff was never really a thing for me. And that's why the art and design was something that I just did naturally. And I enjoyed it. So I would actually spend my lunch breaks doing it. Mm. Continuing on from that, I was still doing the McCafe and promotional work. And then I ended up finishing uni. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to have a complete break and do something completely different. And so I moved to Brisbane. And I went and worked on the farms and I was doing building and construction there. You did it with your cousin, didn't you? You kind of have to preface that because otherwise, why the hell would you just go to Brisbane and work (laughs) on the farms? (laughs) Yeah. No, an opportunity arose and I just took it because I just wanted a break from the city and to just, you know, unwind and... From the city, as in Wellington. As in Wellington. (laughs) That's all I knew, you know? Okay. Um, Bright lights, big city. (laughs) Little did we know. Little did you know. Little did At I least know, I was in yes. Auckland. And even then, I was pretty aware that Auckland was small. Yeah. So, yeah, you're no. on the farms. So, did about half a year on the farms, and I was just saving money and labouring and getting real tanned. <laughs> and then I came Should back. Should I meet you then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that way, am I? Hardy with a body. <laughs> oh... So I sort of put a cap on it because I moved back for my graduation. Mm. So I did about six months there, moved back to Wellington, had my graduation, and then I planned to move to Europe. I don't know what it was, but I wasn't quite ready. Whereabouts in Europe were you going to go? Well, I was going to go see my dad. Oh, okay. Like I knew I wanted to go see him after uni because I'd spent so much time away from him. No, I thought you were meaning somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Like, because no, like his dad's in the UK. I thought, when you say Europe, I'm like, you going to Italy or something? Well, the UK is technically part of the Yeah, EU I know, but you're moment, making so. it sound, sound a little more exotic, <laughs> exotic than <laughs> it really was. I was trying to spice it up a little. Uh, okay, carry on. <laughs> and so I ended up getting a job working as a roofing waterproofer for about a year in Wellington after I moved back. Mm. So I did that, and there was a lot of building, construction. I got to work on lots of really interesting projects, and I learned a lot, and it was all hands-on, so that was fun. Question? <laughs> yes, my hand is raised. Why was it... <laughs> Sorry, I sounded so intrigued, but I actually am. Why was it that you continually went for jobs outside your degree? Like, you consistently did not use your degree from what I'm hearing was it because you constantly had these plans to be somewhere else like oh no I just have to you know make do in this time I just need an in-between job because I'm going to do this and this and this and then you never focused on the present when you say it like that and I think about it (laughs) yeah very much so like after I finished uni I kind of wanted nothing to do with it for a while really 
Yeah, and like I knew because you know it's industrialism. I liked making furniture. That was kind of what I studied. Yeah. As much as it wasn't really in my field, I kind of thought it was because I was still building. I was still using tools. I was doing construction. Okay, so, so you're I like, I'm still, using the principles. Yes, the principles were there and the thought process was mm. there and the logic was there. Yeah. So I was still not, you know, not doing nothing with it. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying you weren't. I'm just yeah. saying it's interesting. My first thought, even in uni, was I need to get a job related to my degree. Yeah. And to get some experience related to my degree. Whereas yours is kind of like, oh, that'll come. Like, I just want to do something else right now, which is interesting. It was almost like, Oh, it's kind of relevant. Yeah. I could still put it on my CV and it would make sense. Yes, I yeah. suppose. I think while I was at uni, I started doing freelance work as well. Okay. So I was doing a little bit of design, but it was very random. Like a friend needed a logo or I used to actually make a lot of like dancing show reels. For okay. like a lot of my friends did dance and they all had these videos and, you know, they were all trying to get jobs, at, you know, cruise ships and all these kinds of things. And they had to provide show reels. And so I ended up making quite a few of these like dancers showreels for a lot of the friends that I knew at college and things. So I started so what does that doing mean? more like videography. Yeah, they were all video. No, like they had all the clips, but I was putting them all together. It's like production. Yeah. So but I that's started... not to do with your degree. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But um. But creative, nonetheless. But creative, that kind of mm. digital creative stuff. Which I guess yes foreshadows now, but didn't link back then. Yeah. Well, I never clicked. So I was freelancing while I was doing the building and construction. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got to a point where I've had enough of the city. I needed, I needed to get away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now's the time. So I got my visa for the UK and I booked my one-way ticket. And I was like, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. So I went to the UK and still no, no real design experience on paper. But all the hopes and dreams in the world, because I had previously, going into it, had been looking up jobs and researching. Mm. And I was just getting so excited because there was so much. There were so many industrial design jobs, so many graphic design jobs that I could get into. I was like, yes, like entry level, entry level. I was like, yes, that's me. It's going to be good. And I got there and I did a few months of travel. Mm. And then I started applying for jobs. And boy, was I in for a rude awakening. (laughs) Because I applied for hundreds of design jobs. And of those hundreds and hundreds of design jobs I applied for, I would say I got about 10 replies via email and one interview. Ouch. And this is out of, I I would say, minimum 200 plus design jobs I applied for. And that's not even including all the hospo jobs because I was like, oh, I've done hospo. I can do that. Get it easy. Mm. And I was getting responses for the hospo ones because if you're a Kiwi and you're in the UK or anywhere and you're a barista, it's like instant you get a job. Yeah. So as the time and time progressed and I just wasn't getting what I wanted, I ended up getting a cafe job and I worked in London, on London Bridge. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got into more specialty coffee. So Where'd I th- you work again? I worked in a place called Grind, mm-hmm. and I opened... I've heard it's a cool spot, it's a so really you cool should spot. probably mention it. And um, I was part of their opening team for the London Bridge, London Grind. Mm. Really cool place, met some really cool people. It was fun, but the commute into London, because I was living just out of London, 
kind of killed me and the hours were quite late so it's really hard to get out of london if it reaches past a certain time okay so that wasn't really working out too well and then i got offered another job where i was making coffee but i got to travel around europe yeah and this was one of the coolest jobs that i still don't really understand how it worked (laughs) but i did it and it was really fun and this job i just got to be based at home and each week I would get a text from my boss saying, are you free? Naturally, I was. And yeah, I'm like, waiting on your text. I'm waiting <laughs> on your text. And so he'd be like, all right, well, we need two people to go to Barcelona this week. So are you free? Oh, my God. That is um, so Or cool. do you want to go to Vienna? Because we have another gig in Vienna. And so I almost got to pick and choose every week or two where I was going. And I just got sent my tickets. And I flew my way to whatever country I was required at. That's amazing met up with my team and then we would work at these big events so ted talks medical congresses you know all those kind of big shows you would have at those exhibition centers that's so cool yeah just random random things like everyone i'd go i had no idea what i was doing would you say of this time were you your happiest then or when were you your happiest up until this point in your work life I was happy when I was like around people like so when I was with working with people and I was with a cool team I was really happy okay and then when I was doing travel okay other than that like I told you it was quite a dark time for me when I was in the UK because yeah like nothing really worked out how I had envisioned so much rejection and it was just a dark time and I wasn't looking after myself at all like I didn't do any exercise the whole time I was there yeah that's when I started getting into yoga because I was like, I need to do something. Yeah. Like I have to for my mental health. God, like thinking of that even, imagine how much that would add to your mental space because at least like going and moving your body would make you feel somewhat better about yourself. It would give you that reset, but it's almost like you wouldn't shift that energy of just being in such a negative space, you know? Yeah. It would just all kind of pile up. And I don't know why the drive wasn't there to go do that as much, but mm. I think I maybe went for two or three runs while I was there. I worked out at like a park that I randomly found one day. And <laughs> and then I just dabbled in yoga. And yeah. that was all I did for almost two years. Okay. So when I came back, I was just not in a good place at all. Okay. Um, but this job was awesome. So yeah. I got to travel to many countries in Europe and it was all five-star accommodation. We got taken out by our clients we were working for every night. It was it was so fun. And I went to some amazing spots that I never knew existed. So that part of it was really cool. But still no design experience. <laughs> and because that job was kind of on-off, like it wasn't a full-time job, I actually got another job randomly in London working for a furniture designer. Oh. And I don't think I've told you about this, but no. it was kind of furniture where it was like built in furniture. So like you would go to a house and be like, hey, I want to turn this giant wall into a bookshelf. And then they would design a, and make a bookshelf that like became part of your house. Okay. Like it's not re- removable stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I actually started doing a bit of furniture design with him and, and then doing the installation. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was like, oh industrial design's kind of coming back into my life a little bit yeah and that kind of ended up being a bloody nightmare because every day was a different place in london and most places i had to go to 
was over a two-hour commute. Oh, God. One way. Yeah. And it's very expensive. And I wasn't making that much money as much as I was doing this awesome job. It was only, you know, every week or every second week I would be going away. Okay. So I wasn't making money between that time. Right. So, yeah, it was just too much. And then I think I ended up calling my Europe trip uh, a little bit early just to catch the New Zealand summer. So I flew back. And, yeah, I was really not in a good place at all. I was really upset with how it ended up turning out for me. And I thought I would have had some solid experience by now. But I didn't. I was still just doing hospitality primarily. Okay. And looking back, do you blame that on going to the UK too soon? Because I know a lot of people would be concerned about that or would be like, do I need to get experience before I go or should I just jump the ship? Looking back, what would you recommend? Looking back, I would have 100% tried a thousand times harder to get at least a year of experience in New Zealand of anything I could Mm -hmm. before just jumping the gun and getting the visa and just gapping it. Yeah. So that kind of thing does matter. It really does, especially Mm -hmm. when you're on a working visa there because you're already like limited into mm-hmm. who's going to take you on. But also, I can't imagine your confidence was high when you went into an interview. How are you going to sell yourself when you don't even have any experience? Exactly. Like, How do you You need to have something to go off to be like, I may not have much, but I learned a lot in a short time, but you're like, I'm literally coming with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. So many of the interviews, they would ask you these questions and be like, never done anything like that before like (laughs) i can't tell you yeah what i did in that situation like hire me and i'll show you (laughs) (laughs) might not go too well but try flip it around oh yeah okay so you're back in new zealand now what so back in new zealand and i decided okay something that would push me out of my comfort zone would be to move out of home because i had moved back to my mum's house yeah. So I was like, move out of home. That'll push you to be like, no, I have to get a job. I have to make sure, you know, I'm going to be self-sufficient. And um, well, so I, I hope mo- you were planning to get a yes, job yes, anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I actually moved into the city uh, with one of my best mates. And um, obviously I had to start paying rent. And I came back from the UK with not much money to my name. Yeah. So I ended up getting a hospital job just to start paying the rent. And I think it was initially supposed to be part-time. Yeah. But I ended up being there full time, like six days a week for over a year. Yeah. But that was the job where I met Mackenzie Collins. <laughs> so there was definitely a big win out of that one. Maybe a pull to stay a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to spend more time with you. <sighs> okay. Oh, those were the days. Uh huh. <laughs> feels like so long ago it does yeah well like, tell actually, us what's happened in that time all right so what happened in that time i i got this job i started working and then you know i was just really tired hospital makes you tired yeah and at the end of the day you just don't have any mental capacity to do anything else you just want to have a drink and pass out basically and well that's get yourself the lifestyle ready. exactly and you know i was turning 25 26 I'd had enough of that. I I wanted more. I needed more. I was yeah. like, I've done this degree. I've done this. I've got all this experience. I don't know how it relates to what I've actually done. 
parts of it do, but I need something more to like justify why I even went to uni. Mm. And, you know, I still had these passions like art and design. I was still doing little things here and there, but I was just touching on it. I never really gave it a proper go, like you were saying. Like, I'd never focused or honed in on it and really applied myself to what I really enjoyed. Which, in hindsight, looking back, like, that's exactly what I needed to do. And I could have completely been in a whole nother place right now. Mm -hmm. But the whole point of this podcast is explaining that that's not always how life goes yeah so let's hear how you went on from the cafe job yeah so i think um doing the cafe job it was fun i learned a lot because it was like a whole nother level of specialty coffee that i hadn't known before but once you learn that stuff it kind of just stagnates and you don't learn much more so i was getting real antsy and bored and really wanted a design job and i think because of you I finally got that opportunity because you saw me and you saw my struggles and you almost talked me out of them and you gave me the energy that I needed to come home from my shit job that tired me out and put in that time to fix up my CV and start applying for jobs and be like better because you wanted me to be better and I wanted to be better for you. I didn't want to be your boyfriend that you know oh yeah he just works at the cafe down the road that's almost like embarrassing (laughs) i don't want to be that so like you yeah but like i wasn't pushing you for that sake it's like i guess that was a way i saw that i could have a good influence on you because Mm. i know for me one of my strongest traits is how hardworking i am and how self-disciplined i am so i was like you know i could see a bit of that helping him and also it was just by mere circumstance as well because I was sitting down at night and I remember I told AJ, you're going to have to get used to the fact that I'm sitting down at night and that's my time to work on uni projects. Mm. It's the evening. Yeah. So if you're done for work for the day and we're dating, you're going to have to accept that while you might be pouring a drink and making some dinner, I'm whipping up the quickest dinner ever as a uni student and getting into some work for the evening and so i feel like that kind of promoted you to do the same thing at times because you were like well if she's gonna work i may as well set up my laptop and do the same well it kind of gave me that reason to utilize that time better yeah as opposed to just wasting it when you went there i was just like yeah my mate came home we just had a few drinks we talked about the day watched some tv went to bed that was it and over and over and over again over and over and over like on repeat and it was not a good place yeah so i think uh most of the reason why i'm here today is because of you um well thank you but also i hope that was always going to be in your timeline oh I maybe knew you needed a little be. push but i needed the push and so and i mean hopefully now it makes you think you know, next time I'm not going to wait for the push of an external factor. Mm. Like, it has to come from me. Yeah. Because otherwise it might take another seven no, years. 100%, you know? yeah. I know that, I know that. And yeah, you really showed me that, like, showing me what you were achieving already. I was just like, well, bloody hell. I'm still lost. <laughs> and you just started. Yeah. So, but I think sometimes you have to talk to someone else about it to realise that you think you're trying but you're really just taking a back seat Mm. on your own life and i feel like you kind of were because you came back from the uk and you were a bit disappointed and all that and of course hospital was draining it out of you you're kind of like 
there's no time it's it's all hard I just da, da, no da. energy for life yeah you know but i don't know i'm pretty hard on that stuff because i'm hard on myself yeah. so i was kind of like well you can either accept that or you can make some change and put in the work and try to get you know a small gig at first that will lead to something else exactly exactly yeah in saying that I was still doing random freelance jobs this whole time from when yeah. I started uni so I was always just Chipping it was away. always in the background and so through you pushing me and me actually getting my ass into gear and making some effort I actually got a job as a kitchen designer my first design titled role yeah that was really cool I was not expecting it when I got it because of my experience and things like I had no confidence in myself I was just like oh well, we'll see how the interview went but I got told I got hired because of my people skills. Because anyone can design a kitchen, but being able to sell a kitchen and communicate with people, relate to people and make them feel comfortable mm. was why I got hired. Mm. And that, I think, all came through my many years of grinding through all these different roles <laughs> and learning how to network and create connections with people. Because okay. I still know people from all of these jobs and I still yeah. have friends in all of these jobs. That I would talk to on semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I did some kitchen design. That was for about a year. And that didn't work out very well. Because the company was not very nice. No. And so I ended up just quitting that with nothing. You did also realise though. That whilst you could create those connections with people. You didn't really want to use it on a salesy basis. Yes. Like converting it into those sales was not a part that felt natural to you. Yes. Because then it was like exploiting those relationships, right? Yeah, you just reminded me about that. That, that was a big thing because I was like, hmm. I like doing design, but I don't like sales-driven design. Yeah. It yeah. feels fake. Mm. And I just didn't like that aspect of it. As much as I loved meeting all these new clients and talking to them and getting to know them and going to visit their houses and blah, blah, blah. When it, when it came down to the hard stuff and pushing like, oh, you know, how about this? Mm. Like, I didn't like doing that. Yeah. I left that job and then I did a few random jobs for a couple of weeks. I did a few photography jobs. I did a random barista job for a couple of weeks. And then I got a job in a furniture showroom. Okay. And that was really exciting because I got to build it from scratch because it was brand new to Wellington. So I spent about a month putting the whole place together. So I was just building furniture. And you know how I love to build furniture. Yeah. And it was funny when I saw the job because the title of the company was Mackenzie and Willis. And so as soon as I saw and it was spelled it's exactly pretty much the Mackenzie same. Mackenzie and Free Willie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're two favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's so funny. Mackenzie and Willies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yes for me, Jay. So I saw that job and I saw your name spelt like that because your name is spelt differently with the big K. And so I was like, oh, no it's, a. it's a sign. It's mm. a sign. Let's apply for it. And I got the job and I was so excited. And so I was working in the showroom and I was kind of doing, I was doing a lot of sales. But I was also like sort of managing the showroom and all the ingoings and outgoings and doing in-home visits and interior design kind of things. Mm. So it was really cool. It was still kind of sales stuff, but it had a lot more creativity and fun behind it and had a nice young team around me. And it was just, 
a whole brand new place and it was just you know there was no negative energy that came from anywhere else there was no negative staff or anything that had been there for years and complained about xyz mm. anyway so it was just a really great place but getting to that point where i got that job and i was really happy about it. like i know that i was telling you i was kind of gutted when i decided to leave because i thought it was a really great move and i was really happy with it and i could see it was potentially going somewhere but when i looked deep down and when you talked to me about it i knew that if i'd stayed there for two three four years i still wouldn't be exactly where i wanted to be yeah and so when you suggested fuck it let's move to melbourne let's book our tickets right now it wasn't a fuck it decision for me it was the next step for me the next step and you said you want to come with me it took me a while to jump on the idea but jumping on that idea was probably the best thing i've ever done and that really progressed me to where i am now Mm -hmm. which is melbourne yes so i ended up leaving that job we moved over here we had a couple months here and we just ate our way through the city and got our place and got set up i guess you were still working i wasn't and i was hunting for jobs and then through the power of connection and networking i got the job that i have today okay you have to explain that because i just said you're a digital media marketer now how the hell do you do that i know right (laughs) going from doing showroom sales and management yeah to being a digital media marketing manager discuss how you got into that position i think the main driver for it was kind of the video and creating content but not really realizing what it was going to be for so what do you mean the main driver for you yeah going down that path yeah so the main drive what were you gonna say when i asked the question i was more referring to how someone hires you for that role based on your experience okay you kind of need to explain yeah i do i just (laughs) i just realizing that as i was talking about it i was like no i haven't really explained how i you haven't yeah no so while i was in europe i spent quite a lot of time with a gopro and i started making little movies and that was kind of what i was doing in my spare time i was taking heaps of photos making heaps of mini movies but i wasn't really sure about how to use them or what they were for so i just had all the stuff saved and i was constantly working on these little things when i did have the time and the energy to do it i guess through that and then through other jobs where i would always be looking as to how i could bring that kind of side to the jobs that i wanted to do and like offer those services in a way i slowly developed an idea of what i wanted to get into so for example when i moved back from wellington and i got this cafe job i started doing like time lapses at the cafe like i would bring my gopro and set it up at the cafe and film all day (laughs) and then i would just be making all these little random if you go back on my instagram you can see these weird stupid videos that i started making okay because i had all this gear i always wanted an excuse to use it like i bought a drone we would go and i would just send it up to just do a 360 video or something like it was just i was making content but with no direction to it yeah so that passion was building all the while it was slowly building and i think in doing that and incorporating these little things that i liked into the jobs that i was doing it kind of made them a lot more bearable because i was having that lot of external creativity input yeah 
And it became quite apparent when I offered to bring in a drone to my furniture showroom and fly around <laughs> to make a video for no reason. Like they had a whole advertising team, all kinds of shit, but I still wanted to bring a drone in and fly it because right. that was what interested me. Yeah. So that was received really well by them because they saw an employee wanting to go that extra mile and help and create stuff for them. Yeah. For and free. That, exactly for free and that was kind of like it felt really good because they really appreciated that so because i made such a great impression in that role i actually got a recommendation for my digital media design role here which worked out really well because it was what i was getting really interested in mm -hmm. watching you and just my background interests mm -hmm. and then seeing how you were creating almost like a life out of it i wanted that and so that was kind of like i want that kind of role and this is my opportunity to get into it. I was very fortunate to be given this role because on paper, I didn't have experience for it. No. But behind the scenes, I did. And so it was kind of just... The well, yes and no, even though. Exactly. You had your own experience in creating content, but that didn't mean you had marketing experience or experience in creating content for clients. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's important to get across that you probably wouldn't have landed another digital media marketing role had you not been recommended by someone else yeah. or been taken a chance on. Exactly. So, yeah, that's kind of how I progressed slowly, slowly, slowly into where I am today in this role. Okay. You should probably touch on the fact that it's still not exactly what you want, is it? Yeah. So now that I'm in this digital role, I've sort of seen how and touched on different aspects of it in this role I do a lot of different things and so I've kind of figured out the things that I really enjoy and the things I don't enjoy as much mm -hmm. and so I think going forward I want to try hone in on much more what I like to do which is which is the actual creation of the content like taking photos and just making stuff as opposed to the more like in office writing and promoting and actually like distributing the content mm -hmm. i think i i'm much more happier in the making part which i'm sure right. everyone would be but. okay so long story short you want to be part of creating the marketing material as opposed to distributing strategy the rollout yeah i think so okay i think that's where i'm at you need to be more hands-on yeah there you go and i think that hands-on thing comes from like the background of wanting to be on the tools and yeah. creating with my hands. Mm -hmm. As much as it's a digital world, that's kind of like using the tools, like hands-on. Yeah. No, we got the first reference. Oh, you got it. Okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah. It's just me catching up. Okay, so I said my kind of takeaway points yeah. in regards to what my career or my journey so far has taught me and could potentially teach others. Yeah. What about you? What do you think that your career journey could teach others? Or even has taught yourself it's over taught this myself. time? Yeah, I think the main aspect is experience is a really big thing. And trying to get that as soon as possible, much yeah. like you did, is like one of my biggest regrets. Okay. I wish I had chased it more and had more direction when I was younger. Mm. like while I was in there and I was surrounded yeah, by yeah but how do you think you could have developed that direction earlier I don't know, I don't know. 
I feel like as much as it's nice to look back and go, oh, I wish I had developed that direction, I think the lesson in that is some people just don't have it young. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Because even in my story, I can't really turn around and tell you the secret to me having stumbled across my passions. I did the same thing as you. I experimented as well. I just happened to fall into or to discover and really latch onto what I loved. Mm. You just didn't. Or as we've discussed in the past, you have so many things you love, but they're not kind of packaged in this box and tied with a pretty bow. They're across so many things. And it's all sprawled out everywhere. Whereas for me, it is easier because pretty much everything I'm interested in links up. It's all in one little box. It really is. (laughs) Like I'm interested in communication, writing, content creation, media. Like it's all under one little shelter. And even when I bring in fitness, I can relate it back to media. Even when I bring in wellness, I can relate it back to communicating, connecting with people, you know? It like it's easy, so yeah, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself there, and that's also a point I would say, you know, for listeners' sake, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself if you are someone who doesn't have that natural direction. You know, absolutely experiment, try to reflect. Yeah. Maybe invest in some career services early on. Maybe you need it. You know, maybe you needed somebody to analyze your path for you because you were struggling to do that yourself you know struggling to link all the dots Mm. yeah at the same time if it's taking you a little while it's okay it happens it's just some people's journey yeah and I think for me because I always like to try make a positive of every situation I kind of looked at like hey I'm getting paid I get to be here yeah I'm still doing something that I enjoy or I'm around good people Mm. And then I think that's sort of my next point where because I did have these little interests, I would try and incorporate them into my job somehow or offer that I could, hey, could, could I maybe do this for you? Or I was trying to get experience here and there and some mm-hmm. people were for it, some people weren't, but I did get really good at asking. Mm. Which is important. Which is very important. And that builds a lot of confidence. The worst answer well. is no, right? <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, you just go do it for yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other takeaways from your journey? So the second sort of thing I've learned in all of my years of work is kind of getting comfortable with not really knowing and kind of just almost in a way winging it and praying that it's going to somehow find a way. Okay. Which it kind of has. Yeah. Like all of my things have kind of slowly, slowly, slowly drawn that line to connect up. And okay. yeah, it's only really in the last couple of years I've really figured out where I want to get to and what kind of role I want to be doing. Mm. So yeah, and it's taken a long time. Yeah, but the difference in the last couple of years is that you were comfortable in not knowing, but you weren't complacent. I think that's important. Yeah. You still were taking action based on why are you laughing at me? Well, I was going to say because of you yeah there you go (laughs) but like you were still taking action and you were looking at what you liked and what you were doing at that point and you know making calculated decisions which I think is an important takeaway that just because 
you maybe don't have all the answers that's absolutely fine Mm. you know that's just the way it is sometimes but constantly trying constantly putting in effort and being on that endeavor towards those answers is still important you know and also listening to and reacting to what's happening to you and being like okay well i understand i am lighting up when i do this Mm. how could i integrate that go research go ask other people go learn about other people's careers and yeah i think it's really important to be both in that sense so to be comfortable that you're maybe not in your dream place right now but also be taking action and responding to little signs life is giving you i think that's it because it's like i don't know when you were just falling back into hospital you weren't really responding like life was telling you you weren't happy in hospital it was telling you you were drained you were unmotivated uncreative but you weren't responding at that stage you know you weren't making change so i feel like it's okay to not be on this fast-paced journey where you know exactly where you're going but you still gotta take steps at all you still have to be making some kind of move if you want to reach your ideal career Yeah. yeah yeah Oh, man. That was just a little sum up I got because I just got your whole story in front of me. So yeah. I've never really thought about it like that either. So well, I I've, feel like... I've never really, you know, laid it out like this and actually looked at it mm. in a row and be like, I've sort of understood how it has kind of connected, but I've never really fully analysed it. And how do you feel looking at that double page spread right there? Well, there's actually quite a few things I left out, but um, yeah, it's a lot just done a lot of things and I think maybe my last point that I have learned during this time is it almost kind of relates to our Joker podcast about just being kind and making effort with people okay because the power of networks yeah and friends that you make along the way like you never know when that's gonna come in handy yeah and for me lots of these roles have come from my networking connections okay and so i think that's a huge thing like whatever you are doing even if it's the shittest job on earth or you don't know where you're going or you have no idea be kind make effort put on your happy face because you could meet the person that skyrockets you to a whole nother world Mm -hmm. very true you never know when you might need to pull on that connection yeah in order to i don't know drive your passion later down the track when you discover it yeah it's very true and i guess that's why no one is you know redundant to you everybody is a valuable connection in some way and you should never go into an interaction with someone thinking this isn't worthwhile because you never know what passion you might come across down the track that you didn't realize you had and that person could have helped you i know you know so just because you think, oh, I'm doing digital media right now, I only care about people who are in digital media, yeah. well, just you wait. What if you decide that, I don't know, you actually really like the travel side of it and you completely ignored some tourism agent or something? I know. Who knows? <laughs> That's one of the coolest things about when we moved here because through like your connections and the friends you're making and people that I'm meeting as well, just surrounded by these amazing people that have amazing connections mm-hmm. and you know the doors and opportunities just keep opening and it's just but that also comes from action 
I didn't just stumble across that friendship group. I sought it. Yeah. And that's why I say you cannot be complacent and expect to be surrounded by amazing people who lift you up and put you in these places. Yeah. You have to go seek it. And you have to have something to give to these people too. It's this law of attraction. Like you've got nothing to give. You're not going to get anything. <laughs> anyway, oh. I think that kind of wraps things up. But we just <laughs> wanted to go through both our stories so that you could really realize the stark contrast in between, you know, somebody knowing their passion and just going with it and somebody taking a while to get there. And there's no right or wrong path. There really isn't. And I think there are pros to doing both journeys. Like, you know, I could look back and be like, oh, wow, my journey was so quick. I just bounced into the real world very quickly. And some people would be like, that's not ideal for me. Or yeah. I would have preferred to do more experimentation. Maybe me doing my PT and stuff now is me taking a step back and experimenting a bit more. Who knows, you know, like there's no ideal path. But if you are listening and you are unsure, maybe you're leaving school or maybe you're well into your career and you still feel like you haven't found your niche, just know that it's okay. We're all on these journeys together. <laughs> I still don't know what my end goal is. I have a few different things in mind. Mm. I know what my passion is and I hope to God that that will drive me. But I also trust that it will drive me. Oh yeah. And I think that's it at the end of the day. Just trust and your journey is completely unique to everyone else's. So try your best not to compare and just be open with how yours looks. I think that even if we look at AJ's journey, he was meant to go through that. There were a lot of lessons in that journey that I think you were meant to have. Mm. And perhaps you wouldn't have had them if you didn't go through all those twists and turns and everything. Yeah. And yeah, no doubt that goes the same for me. You know, my journey will teach me the lessons I need. So you have to trust that. Yeah. And yeah, I think that is a wrap. I'm just looking at the timer right now and I'm predicting that we will be splitting this podcast into two parts where the hell am I going part one and part two my story and then AJ's story because it's quite a long one so you're probably at the end of part two right now and yeah I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> I hope you took something away from it yeah and we will wrap things up there and we will start on a brand new topic next week don't forget to like and subscribe AJ do you have anything to add oh thank you for listening and thank you for just talking to me about that because it's it's a real eye-opener for me and it is fascinating when you look back and see what you've done mm. and figure out how you are or who you are <laughs> i'm getting yeah. confused again <laughs> or how you've become who you are yeah that is interesting Very interesting <laughs> and it makes you realize you made so many choices along the way look at how many are to come like I, know. I don't know. Make sure you choose wisely. And yeah. Yeah, because your life right now is a tally of all those actions. How kind of scary is that? It but is. also exciting. It is. Because every day you make little actions that actually do add up. And it's like the more to where you, you are. see this and realize it, the more like you realize how powerful your decisions really are. Because yeah. a lot of the time you don't really think about it like that. No, you don't think they're very significant. And again, you think they're temporary, which was your mindset, I reckon. That's you thought it was temporary. Time. 
but it's like no 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 that had so much magnitude on your long-term journey yeah so yeah interesting bloody hell (laughs) anyway thank you so much guys uh as always we'll be having this conversation in our socials or on our socials at our socials what the gap podcast on instagram and on facebook so go head over there again subscribe like us up leave a review we love you for it and we'll talk to you in the next episode thank you so much see you later bye are you listening Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Are you listening?